probably would have made an irrational jump a year ago. And I don't think I would have had the same outcome because I made sure I took that extra time to, you know, grow my skills and overall just gain that confidence in myself. Feel really good about what you're about to do and then just go for it. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan and I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode. So let's get into it. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm like still on a high. Do you feel like? I'm still on a high from the live show. You guys, it was so. It was so fun. It was so much fun. Like so much freaking fun. First of all, if you came, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. And I hope you had an amazing time. And I feel like you did. (laughs) And I feel like people had the best time. Everyone said they had so much fun. Like they haven't laughed that hard in forever. I know it. Can I tell you one of the best things ever at the after party? Someone was like, you guys need to do more shows. And I was like, I know. Hopefully we can do like LA. And then they're like, okay, but like, what about the next one in New York? And I was like, we just did it an hour ago. (laughs) And it was so cute because like, they were like, no, what about New York? And I was like, no, like, wait, it's still happening. It was so nice. It was like like, such a good compliment. It's not even over yet. It's not even over yet. Um, What was your favorite moment from the night? Honestly, I really loved the after party, like getting able to like talk to everybody and meet people and just like, put like faces to names that you know we dm with and like it was just so much fun to hang out like and actually chat to people what was your favorite part well i agree with you it was it was actually super super cool putting faces to names especially afterwards when people were tagging us in photos and i was like oh my gosh like we have like years of conversations via dm so that was super cool i think that for me it was weird because I've done live events before, but like for like TV shows or whatever. And I'm always like kind of like weird before leading up to the event. And then as it starts, it just feels so right and so exciting. And I just like had the energy was just amazing. Like actually doing the show was so fun. I feel like it couldn't have gone better than it did. But I do think if I have to really think about it, I think my favorite part of the entire night was when you asked someone if that guy sitting across from them was their dad. I was going to say, we have to address this. Okay. We have to address Let's this. Let's tell the whole story. Pretty much. Oh my God. We did a live Ask Away segment. And if you listened to our podcast from last week and heard the whole show, then you would have heard this. But we did a live Ask Away segment. And one of the girls was asking a question. And then Rayanne was like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the question, she was like, and did you bring your dad with you? And there was like this old guy, like literally the only like old man there. there. The the only guy there that we didn't personally know that wasn't like a friend or a relative, literally. And I didn't even see him until this one moment when you said that and she was like that's not my dad and it was just the funniest thing ever I honestly fell to the floor crying 
personally, I didn't even know who it was. So I was just like, oh my gosh, is that like that girl's like boyfriend or husband or something like that? And Rayanne just was like, oh, like obviously he's your dad. He's old. I like, that's it where my so mind awkward. went. It was the most awkward thing ever that it was the funniest thing that you've ever done in your life. No, but I actually feel bad. Like if you, you were sitting in it and you know what I thought about like, oh, like I feel bad. Actually, I don't feel bad. He was really creepy and it was fetishy and it's not okay. It's not cool. He... <laughs> number one if you were sitting at the table with him i need to personally apologize to you i am so sorry we are gonna have to like start screening these events and be like girls only and if you're like girls only i'm sorry because i actually got scared christina like i don't think you realize like he came to the after party which you know I don't know if he was following you around as much as he was following me. I was actually getting freaked and I was like, okay, I'm just going to say hi to him. Thanks for coming. And then maybe he'll leave. You guys, he was wearing a shirt. He was wearing a t-shirt that said big and beautiful on it over a button down. And he was dressed as Dracula. So I say hi to him. He takes out his teeth. He's like, can I get you a bloody Mary? (laughs) He was talking to me like Dracula. And I was like, I just want to confirm these are fake teeth, like Dracula teeth, like vampire teeth, not like these are fake Dracula teeth. Okay. Okay. He slurps them out. Can I get you a bloody Mary? I was so creeped out. And then he would not leave me alone. I was like, he's got to go. I was like, he's ruining the vibes. I I was like, he's got to go. So it was really like, I've never felt creeped, but like every time I turned my shoulder, he was there. I was like, I I was like, we got to get him out. He, it was freaky. He was following me around too, but I never actually gave him the opportunity to talk to me because I just kept bringing other people into me. And, but it was like funny because people kept saying, Christina, Steve needs to get him out of here. And I was like, I know, I know. And I felt like Steve was everyone's bodyguard that night. And Steve was like, okay, I'm trying to. He's like, but like, literally he's not like actually like doing anything. And Steve spoke to someone at the bar and they're like, dude, we can't just like kick him out for like being old. And I was like, <laughs> that's not why we were creeping. That's not why we were kicking him out. We were ki- If someone's following you around and not leaving you alone, that is doing something. I was like, get out. Oh my God. Anyway. But also, honestly, it other- kind of was like an amazing conversation starter between everyone. Because I think that like everyone like at that moment was like, who the hell is this person? And honestly, as a bigger, beautiful woman, you do get creeps sometimes. So it was very, it's just like a reality for like what happened. But that was like fetishy and creepy. Like, I'm not saying that this is, this should be okay. No, it was absolutely not okay. It was absolutely not okay. That's why I kept hiding from him the entire night. Also, I, two things I did learn takeaways. Just I didn't wear my shoe. I didn't test out those shoes I wore with my costume. They hurt so bad. I took them off in the first five minutes and my crusty. Well, I have nice toes, but in the photos, my like crusty bare feet were like <laughs> kind of ruining the vibe. And then sitting on the date because I couldn't get my bearings because I was blindfolded. I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame the entire time. I was like, oh, my God. I look I'm like, no. No wonder I have a hard time dating sitting with like that. <laughs> what a freaking what uh, as someone who was on? there watching you, I promise you, I did not even notice that at all. No, the first thing my friend said was, Maybe you should try test sitting in the chair on your date before the show. No, who like, said what do that? You mean? My friends that were there. Oh, they keep, oh, they be- keep it honest. Oh, and then before I was like, the actual date. They were like, you know, the only feedback we have is maybe you should test sitting in the chair and see what you look like before. Wait, <laughs> before, like, that's you so do funny. It live. 
they keep me they keep me humble they well, keep me honest I will, those were my takeaways i will be honest with you when i saw the photos and stuff too i was like oh these were terrible angles for both of us oh dear lord yeah terrible um, terrible but so fun it was so fun i love the blind date segment too um i loved it all honestly would you do it again ray do a show again yeah a hundred percent i think why well, i think i would i would love to do another live show what do you what do you think yeah a hundred percent i think it was so fun but do you want to know something funny what roberto my date mm-hmm. do you know how many people came up to me after like i don't they're like i don't think you should go on another date with him <laughs> you're like duh he was so sweet he, he was w- so sweet but guys i hate to disappoint there will not be a second date Wait, you want to know what was really funny? I don't think you heard it because you were probably in the back and not many people heard it. But like, I just like mumbled to like the people closest to us to the stage that Roberto definitely lied about his height. And the fact that like some people were so mad about the fact that he lied about his height had me laughing. Well, my friends were sitting at the table with him. And he, I guess the first thing he said when he sat down was like, whoa, I did not think that they would bring up my height <laughs> oh my gosh wait so christina he was like shocked wait i did not know that whatever i mean that's what happens when you lie about your height i don't feel bad about that that's at the all. thing with guys would know we wouldn't have brought it up if he just was honest about it yeah um i'm not but like he did say i was gorgeous which was nice to hear also i <laughs> i was gonna say i drunkenly agreed to this but i didn't have a single drink um, he kept asking us later on to like be part of his comedy act in future shows. He's a comedian, you guys. Yeah. And by the end of the night, I, at first we were like, no, we're not comedians. By the end of the night, I literally agreed to us hosting part of a comedy crawl in April in Flatbush for him. He's like, amazing. Perfect. I'm going to send you all the details. I was like, can't wait. Can't wait, Roberta. It was going to be awesome. He was honestly, he was, was good like, vibes. Guys, he was good vibes. Him and his friend were such good vibes. So positive. So mm-hmm. fun. Like they were awesome. They were really awesome guys. Yeah. He did have sex the morning of our date though, which. Wait, you, you know, know what? My friend Regina was like, he's <laughs> lying about that. I was like, you think? No. And he was. Because also I got insider information that his he said it was a one night stand his friend goes to my friend who's sitting at the same table that they're in a full-on situation that's fucked up i mean whatever it was just a show it was just for fun but that's fucked up i know so i think he actually did get laid that morning my friend was like absolutely not he's just trying to like be cool i was like you think so i was like i feel like it'd be cool to be like not not to say that i don't know I, I think that sometimes I might, might be naive. I was like, I just take everything that he said as fact. Like, that's why would Me you lie? Too. I believe everything a man <laughs> <Yeah>. says. <laughs> that's terrible. I don't believe Except- it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, well, it was so much fun. Our first live podcast was a success. Hopefully there will be many more to come mm-hmm. in a city near you. Yes, I hope so. Also, it was your first week in New York. So tell us, how are you feeling? Give us all the deeds. Honestly, I'll give all the deeds next week because I feel like leading up to the live show, that was I was living, breathing, eating the live show. Now I'm settled into this first apartment and I'm just honestly getting settled. Like I've signed up for a co-working space, oh, cool. but I have been in like work mode. I haven't really had that much time to explore the city. I will say there are a few things that I've learned is always look where you're walking because I've stepped in dog shit twice. No, um, really? Yes. Two times. What like, the what, fuck? Like, That's I'm a sorry. lot of times for like not that many days. 
I know. Um, and also, like, I ew, people the- clean up after your dog. What the hell? Yeah, it's gross. I have been taking the subway just during the day. Haven't done it at night, but like, I'm walking a lot. I'm getting my steps in, honey. And yeah, I went to like my first event last night, which was super fun. It was just like, I guess people, you know, in New York go out like when Wednesday nights, they get turned up, which was new to me because I'm just, you know, we'll see. My friends are trying to convince me to really go crazy my first year in New York, but I just don't know if I'm in that phase of life still. So I'm just feeling it out. But I feel so excited to be here. I was like walking home last night and I just was like, I know I'm in the right place. I know I'm in the right place right now. Oh, that's such a good um, feeling. And it feels really good. It's a good feeling. Good. That makes me happy. It's a really good feeling. How was your time while you were here? You were here for like a whole month. I know we were there for three weeks. Exactly. Honestly, it was amazing. It was the best trip that we've had back East in a really long time or probably ever. Honestly, everything was perfect. I think it was like a great combination of like work and family and it just felt good. I honestly, it felt good. Like that's all I can say about it. We had so much fun and I think we'll be back in the beginning of December. So stay tuned for that. We need to do a holiday shoot. I trust me. I was thinking about that. I was going to see if you can come out to LA for it. Actually. I was like, I was thinking about this yesterday. Holiday. We got to do it in New York. I was like, I'm going to tell Rayanne when she comes home for Thanksgiving, if she should just also come to LA for like two days and do a shoot. But don't you think New York Christmas captures the Christmas energy? I know, but okay. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, Christina, what are you obsessing over this week? You guys, I am obsessed with the white Lotus on HBO max. Did you watch season one? I could not get into it. What? You need to give it another <laughs> chance. Are you serious? You're the first person I've ever heard say that. It was so... Really? Yes. Everyone I know is obsessed with it. All right. Okay, well, they just... Forget season one, then, if you don't want to, because you don't have to watch season one to watch season two. But season two just came out, and it takes place in Italy. The cast is so good. I've only seen the first episode, but I've seen it twice already. That's how much I loved it. Aubrey Plaza's in it. The fashion in it is so good. The scenery, they're in Sicily. And I think it's like the perfect amount of drama, suspense, and comedy. Oh, I love it. I cannot wait. My only thing about it that I'm annoyed is that they just don't release all the episodes at once because I would just love to binge that, you know? So anyways, that's what I've been obsessed with. Maybe I will give it another go. We'll see. Give it another go. Give it another go. What are you obsessed Um, with? So... I have been a bougie bitch for the last year or two years. I've been doing personal training in LA and I really want to keep up moving my body now that I'm in the city, but also my expenses have gone up. So like I'm not justifying a personal trainer right now or anything like that. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to become a class girly again. I have like written down a bunch of classes in New York that I want to take. And I went to my first one the other night. It's called Mind Body Project. You start with meditation and then you do a hit class, which I have not done a hit class in a long time. And to be honest, I don't know if it's for me. My, my, I'm really sore, but whoa, we were doing burpees. We were doing jumping jacks. We were jumping all around. My boobs were flying left and right. I did not wear enough sport of a sports bra. So we'll see if I go back to that one, but I am going to be testing out a bunch of classes in New York, debating on joining Equinox just solely because I think that would be a good place to meet men. But I also don't. So I, I can't decide. So right now I'm really, my, my obsessed with this figuring out what I want to do to stay active in the city. Class option, Equinox option. 
We'll see. I'm going to test it out. But Equinox kind of scares me. I'm kind of intimidated to go in there, to be honest with you. Wait, I think you should 100% do Equinox, especially because I know the one that's closest to you. And that one is going to be like such a good location. Yes, because you can do classes at Equinox. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You're right. And then you could do weight training like on some days that you like doing that you've been doing for a year or two. And I feel like it'll give you like a good combination of classes, weight training and like a social element as well. OK, I'm going to have to set up. I'm, I'm going to check it out. And, I'm and it'll end back. up probably being the same price. No. Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah. Maybe even cheaper, honestly. Classes can be so expensive unless you do. I mean, classes are expensive, so it'd probably be the same price. That's my vote. I love, but I like like a gym environment. So I guess I'm a little biased, you know? Yeah. School Christina in the house. That's right. (laughs) Although I've been trying to get into a workout. Okay. Honestly, I've only been back for one day. So it's fine. I'm going to give myself some grace. for one day. I could not make it to the gym this morning. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym at 7 a.m. on my first day back. That did not oh, happen, no. let me tell you. Absolutely, absolutely did not happen. Today, we are talking about shifting careers in your 20s, specifically if you're going from working in a corporate setting or working for someone else to making the leap to working on your own. We have Adriana Parente on today. She worked for six years in the influencer marketing space for a brand and has now shifted and started her own business working directly with brands. So we talked to her today on how to make that switch and all of those things that go into that basically shift from working for someone else to working for yourself. Yeah, we talk about how to stay on track, how to stay motivated, how to, any tips for budgeting, how to handle invoices, how to figure out how to price yourself. And I feel like there's a lot of tangible tips in here, as well as just like some good career motivation for you. So without further ado, let's welcome Adriana. All right. Well, welcome Adriana to the Confident Collective podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. We're excited to talk to you because today we are talking about career, job. I feel like I talk to so many women who are maybe like not happy in their job or feeling like a little bit lost. So they're like, I want to make a switch, but I don't even know what. And you recently pivoted in your career. Can you tell us a little bit about your career past and like where you are now and what that shift was? Yeah. So... I started out actually in journalism school. So I truly thought I was going to be like an anchor on the news. And then I realized it was kind of sad and there's, you know, the news is never happy time. So that quickly shifted somehow just into social media management, which then led me into my last previous role in influencer marketing, which I was doing for a brand for about three years, helping them build their influencer program and whatnot. And I just felt while I was doing that, everything that I was doing was such an amazing learning opportunity. And I felt like I did a good job at it. I really enjoyed connecting with all of the people that I got to meet, including you. While I was, was going to say, well, you did an yeah. amazing job because that's how we met was working through the brand you were doing their yeah. social for. So you were killing it. Yeah, thanks. And then, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I just learned so much while I was there. So I figured why not take the jump and take a shot at taking all the tools and the skills that I learned and using that for other brands and 
taking it on my own as my own business as a freelancer. So that's really like a quick, I guess, backstory of my career thus far. Was there like a moment though, where you were like, because I think a lot of people right now, like entrepreneurship and working for yourself is like, you know, everyone wants to do it. Was there a moment where you were like, okay, I want to work for myself? Like, what did that look like? And how, I guess let's start there. Yeah. I mean, I am going to pull like the astrology card. I'm, Please. yeah, I'm a Capricorn. So it's just in me to want to lead and want to do things on my own. Like I was that kid in school that would just tell like the whole group, it's fine. I'll do the project. I got it. That was really me my entire life. So working for other people obviously is rewarding. You learn so much, but I always felt like that want of something being my own and having all the efforts that I'm putting towards the projects I'm working on to be, you know, under my name, all of mine. So I feel like I've had that like spirit of doing things for myself forever. But at my previous role, I would say the moment I decided to make the shift is when I knew I was doing all the right things and I knew I was doing more than I needed to do. And there was no longer space for me to continue growing within that company. So I felt in that moment, rather than trying to push for something that maybe someone won't see in me or ever want to honor me for, I decided to take the step back and just take the risk. And that's really when this whole transition happened. See, that's super interesting because I feel like that's where a lot of people get stuck, right? They're like, there's just like no more opportunity here for me. And then it's like, okay, do you take that risk and do things on your own? Or did you ever at one point think about like maybe switching companies instead of going on your own to like find a bigger role somewhere else? Or was it at that point you were always like, no, like, let me just do it for myself. Yeah. It's definitely really scary to Mm -hmm. take the leap. And I would say I was definitely looking for different jobs in between me making that full decision to you know, start working for myself. I was applying to other jobs, but I wasn't getting anything back. I was applying to so many places and I was either not hearing back from anyone or I would get like those straggler one or two interviews here and there, but then they would kind of ghost me. So it felt like that wasn't the right thing for me. And I started to like see that as the answer that the universe or whoever was trying to tell me that I needed to source otherwhere, that finding another full-time job for someone else no longer was for me. And I needed to take that risk in order to, you know, show and use my full potential. See, I love that. Cause I think a lot of people in that position would maybe get defeated because they'd maybe feel like, Oh wait, maybe I'm not as valuable as I thought I was, or maybe like if no one else wants me, I think it's very, very hard to be like super confident in your career, especially when you're not having everyone validate you at all times, whether where you are or when you're seeking another job. So, okay. You decided to make the switch, right? What were the first steps? Like how did you get your ducks in order to actually put things in play? Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a plan Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be entirely honest. It was, I just knew in my gut that I had to make this step in order to feel something and to, you know, boost my overall confidence and happiness again, because I wasn't really happy with where I was frankly in that moment, because there was no more growth 
both for me and I knew that I had so much more potential than what you know I was or what they were receiving from me at least. So I kind of just made this the decision. I told my dad, dad, I'm going to quit my job and it's going to be fine. And I just started reaching out to companies that I might have had connections with in the past, or I just really went on a huge LinkedIn dive and started reaching out to founders or other people that are freelancing to get their advice as well. And I kind of just introduced myself and somehow people started lining up and, you know, wanting to hear me out and which then, you know, led to some hires. I want to get into like kind of pitching yourself in a second, but so you didn't have, because I know a lot of people are like, okay, I need to save X amount before I quit, or maybe I need to secure like a couple deals um, before I quit my job and do it on the side. Like, did you do any of that? Have anything lined up or were you just like, nope, like, here we go, cut it and just move fully on? Or did you have that like, okay, these are the things I'm going to do before I feel comfortable putting in my two weeks? Yeah. So while I was also applying to those other full-time jobs and not hearing back from anyone, I was also pitching myself as a freelancer while still at my old job. And I wasn't hearing back from anyone on either side of like a freelancer role or a full-time role. So for me, I just kind of felt like maybe I need to like fully close the door in order for this new one to open. And I mean, going back to like the savings and the financial security of it all. Naturally, I would say like, I am a great saver. I'm very cautious with like how I spend my money. But right now I also have the security that I still do live at home. So for me, I knew if I didn't take the risk now, I probably wouldn't take the risk, you know, further down the line when I did have a mortgage or when I did have other people to feed other than myself. So I think I was in this really lucky and very, you know, this great position to just take that risk without having to worry about anything else, which made it a lot easier for me to really do. So did you notice that like, okay, because if you're pitching on the side and then you're like, wait, I'm not getting anything, like maybe I shouldn't quit my job, but like, I guess when you did quit your job, then what did that look like? How did that shift happen where it's like, okay, wait, I actually am getting jobs because, you know, for someone who's like thinking about, quitting their job and going off on their own and they maybe are trying to do it on the side at first and it's not coming through, that would definitely be like, oh, maybe I should rethink this. Yeah. For me, I really feel like all the signs really just led to this is the moment and this is what the right thing is that I kind of knew in my mind or I kind of made it the only option that it is going to work out. And I just feel like having that positive mentality and just allowing whatever is about to come towards me is what is meant to be. Like once I made that the option and, you know, the true thing that I actually believed in, I just felt like things were coming in. I think two days after I quit my job, I heard back from someone that I pitched myself to like months ago that I haven't heard from. And so after that, I started reaching out to more people and for some reason, People were responsive again. People wanted to have a conversation with me and whether or not those people hired me, they had a friend who needed support. So I truly 
like without, you know, there wasn't really a big logical step or like a system that I really took in order to make this happen for me. I just think I really believed in myself. I believed in all of the signs that I was given and I just kind of did it and it happened. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I wanted to know what a what you thought a successful pitch looked like, because I think that's really scary for a lot of people. It's like, how are they going to put themselves out there if they're getting turned down? Like, what is, what in, in your words makes this a successful pitch and a successful follow-up to like try and secure that job? Yeah. I really think before you are pitching yourself, make sure that you have examples or somewhat of a portfolio to really speak for you as well, because most likely you're reaching out to smaller businesses who are also being very cautious about their budget and like who they are trusting to run parts of their business. So if you have examples, make sure that you're always showing that in your pitch and letting them skim through the work that you've done. But I would say be as authentic as possible and just really treat them like you are meeting a new friend or a new day. And really what I do is I just introduce myself, let them know what I do and what my bread and butter is, which mainly is influencer marketing, share a little snippet about maybe something that you're super proud of that you've done. You can attach whether it's data points or creative of what that project looked like and just let them know that I'm looking for X type of partnership. So if you're looking for like a three month partnership to trial working with someone, give them an example of what it would look like to work with you. And then just let them know if they have any questions to reach out and try to book a call as well. So you can have that face-to-face interaction with them as well. Okay. I like the idea of setting like a time and term limit too, because I feel like that feels more manageable for the brand as well, or for whoever um, you're trying to work for. Um, what what does a follow-up look like? Because I know for me, like when I was trying to like switch career paths, like I'd get so bummed about not hearing back. And then someone told me that until you hear a no, it's like still a maybe. So you just keep emailing mm-hmm. them until they say, no, I'm not interested. What does a follow-up look like for you? Yeah, so a follow-up, always feels weird because you don't want to bother them. But yeah, like you said, like until there's an actual no, there's still hope. So I would say just something short and sweet, maybe just saying, hey, following up on my note above, would love to help you with. And then in the follow-up, I usually maybe like find a problem that I'm seeing. So if you're looking to do their social media, maybe say, I noticed that you're doing X, Y, and Z with your social right now, I think you should focus on this and I would love to support you with that. So kind of giving them a solution to a problem that they might know that they have, or they might not even realize they have in that moment, um, which can help spark that conversation. Yeah, I think that definitely makes you stand out as well. Um, Okay, so you have successfully gone from doing influencer marketing at, in more of a corporate setting, working mm-hmm. for a company to now doing it for multiple brands, working on your own. How do you stay motivated? Because when I made the shift from working for someone else to working for myself, it is an adjustment. Like you're like, wait, I don't have a boss here like telling me what to do. Like this is on me. Do you have any tips on like how you stay motivated or organized or like 
keeping yourself on track for that initial shift from working in an office to working just for yourself? Yeah. I still feel like because I'm in the beginning stages, the motivation is still pretty high because I want to make sure that everyone that I'm working for has, you know, a good impression on me or they have something good to share with like their friends that also own businesses or, you know, that they might refer me to in the future. So I still think I'm in that zone where I know I really need to over prove myself in order to succeed. But I would say, yeah, some days are definitely more difficult than others. Like I move from my bed to my desk. So sometimes it's difficult to even make that transition and even working for yourself as though I can work whenever I want. But I try to really give myself that structure similar to what it would have been like in a corporate setting, just so I don't you know, fall off or slack off rather. So I do definitely usually try to treat it the same way by waking up and getting my workout. And so I'm awake. And then once I sit down, I make sure I, you know, put together my to-do list. I have my agenda and I, I have what I need to do for the week, but also I have priorities of what I need to do that day. And I tell myself that you cannot, you know, treat yourself to a reality show tonight or whatever it is uh, until this is done. And I also feel like working for yourself at the end of the day is just a lot more fulfilling. So if I am working at 10 p.m. at night still, it feels a lot more different when you're, you know, trying to build yourself up versus someone else's dream, I guess. So it's a different feeling when I start work, but yeah, you definitely have to set those boundaries and, you know, those to do's in order for you to actually get the job done. Do you have any um, systems in play or any like project management tools that you use to balance all the different jobs and companies that you're working with? Because I feel like that's something I struggle with. And anyone who is going freelance, you're managing a lot of different businesses. So sometimes like, how do you get all those priorities in order? Like what is your, what's your system? Yeah, I'm very traditional in the sense of, I love a good handwritten agenda type of structure. And I also love a good spreadsheet with like the check boxes. Um, for me, that's what keeps me going. Um, I know that a lot of people love things like Asana or Notion as like their to-do lists. Um, and you can shift them around pretty much the same as you would, I guess, on a piece of paper, but it's more digital but I'm just a little bit more traditional where I, I love the feeling of just scratching something off and keeping myself organized that way. Amazing. Was there anything surprising to you about the shift to working for yourself? Like what was the biggest thing where you were like, whoa? Yeah, I think I wanted to put as much as possible on my plate and I didn't say no too much. So I am definitely a little bit overworked than I anticipated myself to be, but, uh, you know, this is what I wanted. This is what I asked for. And so I'm working through it and, you know, feeling those growing pains. So I feel like at first I thought I would have so much more time for myself. I would have so much more time to do other creative 
of things that will keep me calm, but uh, no, it doesn't work that way. It's the same thing as, I mean, maybe in the future it will be that way. Once I, you know, figure out my full structure and what a workload looks like and where I need support from other people in order for me to, you know, do those other things that I want to do. But I, I did think right in the beginning that it was going to be all about me and I would have a lot more time for myself, but now I find myself working a lot more than I did think. I do tell my friends now that, and I think there's memes about this everywhere, but I truly quit nine to five to work 24 seven. So <laughs> that is true. I think that's, I think every entrepreneur would probably say the same thing. It's so much more work than you mm-hmm. actually think. Something that I always find really interesting because when I was making a jump, was trying to figure out what my value was monetarily and how to tell people that and ask for certain money. Like, so how, how has that conversation been for you? How do you know, like to establish your rates? And is there any advice you can give to people who are trying to like figure out what to price themselves at and how to have that conversation and also how to make sure they actually get paid? Yeah. So talking about money is always a sticky situation. And for some reason, we always feel uncomfortable asking for, you know, we're doing work, so we should be getting paid, but it is definitely scary to ask. When I was reaching out to these brands and finalizing these deals, I did reach out to a few people in the industry that I did know that have been doing freelance for some time and just asking them if we can have that open conversation of compensation, just because I want to make sure that I'm not undervaluing myself. But also I still wanted to be a bit competitive because I wanted to get these jobs. So I would say when I was pricing out in the beginning, it was a little bit lower than maybe what my friend who's been doing this for three years is charging. But I felt okay with that because I definitely wanted to continue building my portfolio and, you know, just getting those jobs in. So I had more experience. I would say to connect with anyone that you know that is doing a similar job as you and just asking them for those candid conversations. Because once you're actually in the freelance space or you are working for yourself, you want to help other people. So it's not like it's a secret. People are most likely going to be open. So I would say just talk to whoever you can to really figure out what makes sense for you. And then be I would say when you are starting out, just be open to negotiating a little bit with brands just so you can gain that experience. And then as you start to grow with that specific brand, maybe and your scope starts to build a bit more, you have something to show for yourself to say, I did this for you. We were able to reach all of our goals. Can we discuss an increase for the next term? So I think there's ways to also grow in the freelance space the same way you would kind of grow in like a corporate setting like you proved yourself you built your portfolio there you can still do that with with freelance clients as well so i feel like i'm going on a little no i think Um, no that's really 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 helpful helpful. but yeah yeah and then also like have you ever had any situations where maybe you weren't getting paid on time and how to have those conversations. Because when you work for a corporate company, like there's a a structure, right? Like you're getting paid every two weeks or every week or every month, whatever it is. When you're working for yourself, like you're the one who's sending out those invoices 
And I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes you're chasing money. And that's a part of the business that is not glamorous at all. Um, So have you ever had that experience and how have you handled it? Yeah, I so far have been fairly lucky with most of my clients and they have been, I would say on time or, you know, a few days behind, but yes, I've, I've definitely had a few people that I've had to chase. You just have to put on your business cap and just remind them and keep doing those follow-ups and don't be ashamed because you did the work that you were supposed to do. So, you know, it's their turn to send the payment in return. So you kind of just have to be that, I guess, like tough gal (laughs) in that moment. Just really push for it. But I have been lucky enough where it hasn't been too difficult, but even just working on the like back end of the business too, I know, having to pay influencers out sometimes has been difficult even to like, you know, that's also on my to-do list to make sure influencers are getting paid. So I also feel like that is a tough situation that I've had with some co-founders as well to make sure those payments are getting out. So I think just following up and really, you know, expressing the urgency that, you know, this is something that they also promised to, and you, you gave them your promise and now they have to compensate in return. That's interesting because that puts you in a tough like middleman position too of like having to be like the bad guy almost. But you're like, wait, this isn't my fault. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah. Having to yeah. navigate all these different people and responsibilities is a challenge. Yeah, because you want to maintain that healthy relationship with your client and you don't want them to feel uncomfortable by you asking them for money so much. But at the end of the day, like I said, you honored what you were supposed to do. So you shouldn't feel ashamed for, you know, following up for someone to pay you for what you did for them. I think too, with like establishing your rates and that when it comes to money and stuff, that's where like the imposter syndrome can kind of creep in a little bit. Have you struggled with that? And if so, how did you overcome that and feel secure with your new business and your brand and the services that you're offering? Yeah. I, (laughs) I still, I mean, like I said, I've been kind of wanting to do this for a long time. I knew that I was someone who liked to take the lead and own what I do, but actually being in this position now feels so strange. I'm so grateful that it is here, but I've never taken a business course. I didn't go to business school. Um, I barely knew how to use spreadsheets until I started my last job. So it's it's crazy to just be here. And sometimes it's you really have to fake it till you make it in a sense. Like know your value, know your skills. But as like a businesswoman trying to figure out how to do her taxes, that's like a whole other situation. So just really put on, like I said before, like put on that business girl cap and just figure your way through it. And I think it's good to remember, like, I feel like no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Obviously you're very talented. You're good at your job. You have, you know, the, the work to prove it, but it is, I think no matter how talented you are or what project you've worked on or what brands that you've worked with, sometimes that imposter syndrome can creep in. And I think that's really natural, but I think it's just good to like 
hone back in and say, wait, this is what I've done X, Y, and Z. And that's why I'm, you know, bring this value to the table and people should hire me. So I think, yeah, everyone has to kind of have those check-ins because no matter where you're at in your career, that imposter syndrome can kind of creep in at times. Um, And it can be really overwhelming. You just have to recenter yourself and remind yourself, wait, I actually am good at this and I love doing it. Yeah. And I feel like in the marketing space or like the creative influencer space, a lot of times you can feel undervalued because I think to this day, a lot of brands or founders don't see the a hundred percent value in this role, or they know that it's valuable, but they don't think that, you know, a certain dollar amount should be put towards it. So I would say like this whole marketing space, it's a little bit tough to like really prove yourself and really, um, I guess, put a number value to your rates and whatnot. So I think we have it a little bit more tough than if we were like an accountant or, you know, an HR manager, but yeah. Do you have any, like to wrap up here a little little bit, like any big picture tips or like words of advice if you were sitting down with someone who's like oh I really want to try going off on my own and working on my own like what would you what would you say to them yeah i would say that there is a moment for everything so just be aware of those signs and make sure that you are working towards the school and not just waiting for it to happen as well so I mean, I worked in social media and then influencer marketing. So that's maybe like six years of my life before I even made the big steps. So I would say grow your skills, prove to yourself first that, you know, that you have the skills and then that will help you build the confidence to pitch yourself properly out to brand. So I would say really see the signs, continue to sharpen your skills. And when you feel like the time is right, you'll, you will know in your gut when it is the right time, take that risk. And if you make it the only option, it will happen for you. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love making it the only option because sometimes when you have a plan B, you can't focus and put everything into plan A. You're always thinking like, okay, here's my fallback plan. And you're kind of like, your mind's so focused on that at the same time. Exactly. And, and I think it is so important. Like, I know we always say like, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. But no, six years of experience is not faking it. You know what I mean? Maybe you have to like, put on like a different like alter ego to talk about finances or to represent yourself in a certain way as a businesswoman. But like, you know, you have the skill set, you know, you have the tools. I think that the most important thing is trusting yourself and believing in yourself. And when you do that, everyone else will too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just going back to sharpening your skills, like I probably would have made an irrational jump a year ago. And I don't think I would have had the same outcome as I did when I quit this time around and I started taking the chance on myself because I made sure I took that extra time to, you know, grow my skills and overall just gain that confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would stick to my point of just making sure that you feel really good about what you're about to do and then just go for it. 
Yeah. And I think with any career change too, if there's any opportunity to gain some work, even if it's at a lower cost for yourself, like the experience is valuable. And I think a lot of times people forget that. And like, we're always like chasing a dollar amount. We want to get paid for what we're worth. Like that's so important. And I think that we all need to know our value, but there's something to be said about experience, knowing that you have the capabilities to do that. And sometimes you don't know until you put yourself out there to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No one is born with a million skills. You need to uh, continue working towards that. And I mean, if you do get the big paycheck that you hoped for the first time around, that's awesome. And I hope that happens for a lot of people, but sometimes you have to slowly climb up the ladder to reach your goals financially or whatever it is. Absolutely. It's all growth, baby. We've all, we've all uh, had to do those jobs for free or for whatever, but you know what? It's like you learn so much and it's exactly what you said of building confidence so that you can continue to grow and pitch yourself um, and, and grow in your business. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I think a lot of people will be able to relate as a lot of, you know, women are, maybe feeling unsettled in their career or wanting new direction. It's good just to hear from someone who's recently gone through the process, what that thought process was like. So we really appreciate you. Can you share where everyone can find you um, on social, wherever? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Adriana Parente underscore. Um, And if you are looking to hire someone on a freelance basis for influencer marketing or any brand consulting, um, you can message me on Instagram. I'm totally casual that way too. Or my email is hello at adrianaparente.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adriana. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone, it is time for Ask Away with Ray and Kay, where we sit down with you and give you our solicited advice. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome, Erin. Thank you for coming on for our Ask Away with Ray and Kay. What do you have to ask for us today? Yes, so I do have an interesting predicament. I live in apartments and the neighbors above me have been getting it on a lot lately, which like... That's great. I'm so proud for them. That's great. But it's like, it's at all hours of the day to where it could be morning while I'm in, like I work from home and like, I've literally heard them while I'm in a call. Thank God for AirPods. Mm -hmm. Or it could be like, you know, like normal evening time. But the worst is like, literally, I don't know what they do for work or what their schedule is, but like, I will wake up between four and five in the morning and they're just going at it. And like, I don't know what to do. Like if it was normal hours, like I can put up with it. That's fine. Like live your life, go, go for it. But like, it's just to the point where it's interrupting my sleep. And like, I don't know about y'all, but like being woken up from like deep sleep to something like that just like makes me angry. (laughs) Like, but I don't know what to do. And it's like, I'm sure they don't know that I can hear it. So it's like awkward for both of us. And like, there's no good way to be like, Hey, can y'all like not have sex at 4am? Like, so I just don't know if it's something that like, it's just tough shit part of living in an apartment. Like that's just your life. Or if there's like a not super awkward way to mention it to them. 
I have a few okay. questions. What do you hear? Like, is it just like them talking? Is it the noises? Is it like the bed moving? Like what? Like we need more details on like yeah. what's actually waking you up and disturbing you. So luckily I can't hear like very audible noises, like people noises. It's mm-hmm. mostly the bed, like shaking and screeching. Like that's what's loud. And like one time I actually had a guy over when we heard it. And like, he even made it, he was like, do you have to deal with this all the time? And like, it's just so funny. Cause you can hear the bed, like they'll like be going at it like rabbits and then it slows down and they're like, oh, they're having a passionate moment. And like, it's just like, it's just too much. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. First of all, okay, I just do we to, know this is like my worst fear, by the way, like living in apartment buildings. Right. And that's why I like, I also feel bad for them because like, if I knew that people could hear me, I would be mortified. Right. Do we know what neighbors it is? Like, are you like, it's a hundred percent the people to my right. It's the people it's above me. People right above me. Okay. I think we need to make this like, keep it lighthearted because it is like, you don't want to be that neighbor. Well, you know right. what I mean? You still want to have a good relationship with your neighbors. Yeah. I feel like you need to write like a note and like, be like, we have to say something funny, but also be like, please, can you tie it in your bed frame? Like, or, or something just be like, I just want you to know that like, this is awkward but I can hear you going at it, like more power to you, but maybe put like an Allen wrench in there or something <laughs> funny yeah. into like the envelope and be like, Hey, like, could you try and tighten this? Like, I can hear your bed frame and like start there. Yeah. Ooh, because like, if they know that their bed frame is making a ton of noise and all the neighbors can hear, then maybe they're like, Oh shit. Like we need to, I don't even know what, put some pads on the, well, I don't know what you can do to make the bed frame not as loud, but yeah, letting them know. I've, I've seen like Instagram ads before for this like cushion thing that like <laughs> you put right on your headboard and it like keeps it from like hitting the wall, you know? You print but, that like, out I don't want to like, I am dying that you getting Instagram ads for that because I feel like you've <laughs> talked about this and your phone's listening and they're like, we yeah. need to like send these ads to her. Because I've like told all my friends this problem and all of them are like, I think you just have to deal with it because how awkward to like bring it up. But I don't know. And like one of my friends was like, tell your apartment complex and have them deal with it. But I'm like, I don't want to have to say that to my apartment complex. I, I actually, I wasn't sure on like what advice to give to this, honestly, but I think that Rayan just gave some really solid advice. And I just think that like making it super funny and be like, Hey, it's me, your downstairs neighbor. This is so awkward. Ha ha ha. But Blah, blah, blah. But do I want to reveal myself? So that okay, maybe know? maybe don't say it's you. Just be like, <laughs> sincerely, your neighbor, your anonymous neighbor, and just be like, just want to let you know I can hear you, and it's like fine, like super happy for you. But is there any way you can tighten up your bed frame? Like honestly, what Ray said, I think that's like funny and commit lighthearted. I don't think you need to be like a snitch to your apartment complex because yeah. what are they're not going to do anything. They're just going to mm-hmm. be like this person is like being a tattletale for like nothing that we, that is out of our control our floors and right. like we have no insulation that's not the their problem you know what i mean um so yeah. i think just keeping it like really funny and lighthearted where they can where they understand that people can hear them because then they're gonna be like oh my gosh wait this is embarrassing everyone can hear us and then hopefully they'll do something about it um so either yeah. do, do the allen wrench or like send a photo of that instagram ad or something that just lets them know and gives them the hint with just with being cool at the same time, you know? Right. Cause I don't want it to come across that. I'm like, stop having sex or, you know, yeah. like I don't want to be the yeah. annoying grandma upstairs or downstairs, but like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I can deal with it during normal hours, normal like sex hours. 
it's it's just the fact of like the four to five a.m. on a weeknight, mm-hmm. like where I'm like, this is just a little too much. Yeah, I think we just got to start with the funny note. Keep it anonymous. Put the note in there. The main things you need to cr- get across in your note is your neighbors can hear your bed frame is the problem. Like we need to weave that in and then maybe put the Instagram add in as a joke, see what happens. I think that's the place to start Um, because yeah, it's like funny the first time. And then you're like, wait, like I hear them all the time. Yes. Literally the first few times I was like, Oh, ha ha. Like this little, that's awkward, but like whatever. And then it's like been weekly it's just like a routine and I'm like wait I can't live with this for eight more months (laughs) you know what's funny I read this question and I was like oh my god that would suck and then I moved into this apartment literally two days ago you guys I heard this man going at it but I heard the noises like oh god oh god and I was like sitting in bed and I was like man I gotta get back on the dating scene. <laughs> fire up hinge, fire up bumble. I was like, it really motivated me to get back out there because I was like, damn. Yes, that's part of it too. It's crazy. I'm like, you can literally hear apartment life is wild. You can literally hear, but I think the note is our, our step one, our uh, the best way to go. You just okay. need but to don't make sure yourself. there's like not a ring camera or something outside their door where you're trying to be anonymous and then they like blatantly see yeah. your face. Do you know what I mean? So Do like a couple of casual laps, like scope it out first. Yeah. You might <laughs> need to be like, do that, who's yeah. this girl? They're, they're going to, they're going to report you to the apartment complex. Some girl keeps walking by our yeah. apartment. <laughs> honestly, whatever, even if they see you, at least as, even if you just keep it funny and lighthearted, it's fine. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. just like when things get too serious, but yeah, maybe like don't walk by it a million times just in case. Um, yeah. Wait, that's really funny though, because my roommates in college, we lived in this house and I didn't realize because I was like a couple bedrooms over. But every time they would have sex, the entire house would move. I honestly would wake up being like, we're having an earthquake. We're having an earthquake. And it wasn't until <laughs> months in that I realized what was happening. Um, oh. I never said anything, honestly. I just dealt with it. But I, I also can relate to this situation. It's like a respect thing. Like, you know, good for y'all. I'm happy that you guys have a healthy sex life. But like, okay, now you're starting to affect my rest. And that's important to me. So like, yeah, I mean, at least I'm not hearing like the moans and all of that. That would be a lot. That would be too much. But (laughs) it's just a very awkward situation all around. Yeah. And yes, you're saying Rayanne also reminds me of my singleness. And I'm like, I'm like, like, there's, there's times where I'm like, especially when it's in the morning and I'm like, you know what, this is beautiful. I want to be in love like that where we can just like hook up like all throughout the day, like work from home. Life is great. I just, I want that, but then not at five in the morning. No. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. It really reminds you of your singleness. I was like, damn. Um, okay. Well, we've got our plan of action. I think you need to do this ASAP and then please email us with an update. Yeah. Let us know. No. <laughs> and if any listeners have had this situation and have dealt with it, please let us know how you handle it. Um, because it's really awkward. <laughs> well, oh thank my you gosh. So. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, Erin. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at confidentcollective. 
if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us.